Coffee Talk includes real talk that may not vibe with some listener preferences. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, glad you could join us on Coffee Talk. I'm Jessie. And I'm Kat. We're two friends that could not be more different. Besides our love for multiple beverages and melodramatic TV shows. We drink coffee, talk about coffee, catch up with you all, and have a real good coffee talk. Hello to our friends and welcome to Coffee Talk. Woo! We're happy. Happy March episode. It's a good month. It's been a very good month. I was going to say, I always feel Wisconsin when I say March. It's like March. March. It's March. (laughs) I will never be able to say March again without thinking about that. March, March, March. Moving on, welcome to episode 27. <laughs> a couple of business announcements as usual. First of all, the video version of episode 26 is publicly available through our link tree on our Instagram, our Facebook, YouTube, and Patreon. So no matter what two-way sideways you want to go about accessing that video, it's there. It, that sounded sexual. <laughs> Well, the simplest way would probably be going over to our Instagram at CJ Coffee Talk and clicking the link tree in our bio, and it's right there at the top. Did you like how I just glossed over your comment? Yeah, that was real smooth. You did a great <laughs> job. Perfect. And as you guys remember, episode 26 was the first and potentially only, with the way things are going in our lives, episode to be recorded live. A.K.A. us in the same room. Yeah. It so, was really fun. It was awesome. And it, it was, was great. two and a half hours long. <laughs> it, you, you, yeah. If you have a long car ride or train ride or plane ride or, or you can't sleep, you got plenty of material to watch. What are you drinking for this episode, Jess? Um, I'm drinking a Zambia Bing Cherry flavored by drink mm-hmm. EAI um I really need to stop drinking these cuz I'm convinced that they're really bad for you but they're on a shelf at work and they're free I you love know? free stuff like it's free <laughs> What am I supposed to do What are you drinking I'm excited to tell you all about a new Starbucks find, but first I have to give credit to the person that I took this from. If you go on TikTok, there is a second grade teacher that posts a day in the life of a second grade teacher, and she is so cute and just the sweetest person, most bubbly person. And I'm pretty sure her at is at sassy in second, and second is a two in D. And so anyways, follow her on TikTok, but this is her recipe, her recommendation. So I got a tall because I can only drink a tall, but I have them put it in a grande cup. So whatever size you normally get, have them put it in the next size up cup. And you asked for an iced dopio espresso. And then you asked them to put 
um, a pump of caramel syrup and salted caramel cream foam. And then if you really like the caramel flavor, you can also put caramel drizzle on the top of it, but that's that. And it's really, really good. So technically there isn't any additive of, you know, milk. It's just the espresso poured on the ice and then the salted caramel cream foam. But the cream foam, you know, once you shake your cup will kind of integrate with the espresso and take the edge off of the bitter flavor. But it's amazing in the sense that in my opinion, it's the perfect balance of bitter in the coffee, the type of bitter that you want, and that little hint of sweet milk. And I like the salt that the caramel aspect adds to it because I just think that's so good with coffee is a caramel flavor. So anyways, I've gotten this a couple of times and I really, really like it. So I would definitely, definitely give it a shot. Awesome. That and sounds I couldn't awful. say you... I don't know what a dopio espresso is versus a regular espresso. Can you elaborate, Jesse? Yeah, dopio means two. It's two shots of espresso. Yeah. Interesting. Am I pronouncing it right, too? Because I feel like an idiot when I say dopio. It's literally just dopio. Okay. And why do you say that sounds disgusting? I thought you'd be so proud of me that this is basically espresso. I mean, it sounds like an improvement. But it is, I don't like caramel flavored Mm. stuff. Um, The idea gives me a headache. Uh, And then it's also Starbucks, so yeah. Yeah, but uh, it it reminds me of this YouTuber that Badger and I watch. It's actually one that Badger watches and then I started watching it, as per usual. And it's, his name is Review Bra. And mm-hmm. he's this really eccentric kid, basically. He's probably can't be older than 23, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe. And he only wears suits. Hmm. And he reviews fast food. Interesting. Like, very, takes it very seriously really tries to he has like a method of like how he reviews it and he's so cute because he's just this like scrawny little eccentric guy in a suit reviewing like Taco Bell it's really funny (laughs) and you just reminded me of that because you really gave a a very like taken seriously review of a Starbucks drink and it just was it's like the coffee equivalent of fast food besides McDonald's coffee so that's what I immediately thought of I'm trying to do and it's funny because that friend I mentioned earlier who was telling me about how much she loves our podcast and everything straight up said I love listening to the part of what do you guys drink because I love listening to how you describe things you guys could be food or you know coffee bloggers or whatever because of the the descriptions so we need to keep up with the descriptions my friend okay gotcha well then i will be um more exact about why i think bye is going to kill you um (laughs) so badger um has like a uh some sort of internal disorder like with his organs or something and it, his organs or something well yeah. it it hurts 
his bladder. And to I drink that stuff. Yeah, and I drink this and it makes me have to urgently pee. So I think there's something wrong with it. <laughs> you know? You know what I mean? Very sinister tone just now. Well, because I don't eat like un like I don't eat um toxic food. I eat unhealthy food sometimes. Like for instance, I just had oven baked hash browns. But mm. but I don't eat toxic food like normal people do. I don't eat fast food. I don't eat meat. I don't eat bread really that often. Uh, so it's, it definitely feels sinister. Hmm. And, and it's like, it advertises itself as an antioxidant drink. I know. Like a health drink that's like only 10 calories, which also makes me suspicious. Because usually they fill that with something else. I um, hate flavored water. I don't like buy or any of the other ones. I don't like. I love anything that tastes like juice. <laughs> oh man, Jesse. Yeah. Jesse the juice slut. <laughs> I'm a slut for juice. <laughs> Honestly, that should be your new nickname. Jesse the juice slut. That's really That's my accurate. stripper name. <laughs> no, it's just juice slut. That's just your stripper juice name. Juice slut. I actually really like that. If I had uh like a breakfast bar or something, oh you know, God. like a like a brunch. I would place, go there. I would name it Juice Slut. All right, that's trademarked, copyright. No one gets to take that. (laughs) Yeah, don't take that. Anyways, let's move on. Um, When we move on, we have very exciting news to share. We do. It's so exciting. Are you ready? I'm gonna insert a drum roll for dramatic effect. Okay, insert it. I'm ready. Needs to be louder. I can't hear it. More. (laughs) (laughs) i got into vet school and i got into law school Woo! where are you going i'm going to iowa state which i might add is a top 15 program and yes i do have to say it like that a top 15 program and it's the oldest vet school in the country is it the oldest school in the country? Vet school in the country? <laughs> Highly revered. With Highly- several famous graduates. Is it revered? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got into Iowa State, which is insane because it was definitely one of my top programs. And let's just say that everything works out the way it's supposed to, like on the mug that Jesse made. <clears throat> Check out our merch. <clears throat> it has to work out because it just has to. And that is exactly what happened here. I got into a top program that happens to be the perfect distance from my mom, not too far north or south anywhere. I'll be in similar climate that I'm used to. It's a big state school in which I get to cheer on for all the sports teams. And um, yeah, they just have an incredible curriculum, incredible curriculum, incredible connections and alumni. And it is just going to be so perfect. So I'm incredibly excited. 
I got waitlisted at a couple schools and it was more of a factor where like I had some options, which I definitely didn't think I was going to, but Iowa State was was definitely the, the one. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. I love Jessie. school. I'm so excited. I know. I'm so excited too. Jessie, I don't know where you? I'm going. I don't know where I'm going. I, I've only heard back from three. They've all accepted me with all the same scholarships. Tell because, them about the scholarship because it's a it's really just, big deal. They're just Dean's scholarships. Each Don't one gave me their Don't say Dean's it like that. Dean's scholarship is a huge deal. Okay. Well, it definitely helps, um, but it doesn't help my decision-making process since they gave me the same thing. <laughs> so, um, but I still have six more to hear from um, because they're just taking their sweet time. <laughs> Yeah. Not like you're waiting to make life decisions or no, anything. It's not like I need to know where I'm living in like <laughs> five months. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Oh boy. Right around the corner. <laughs> Nervous laughter. Yeah. And speaking of things right around the corner, it's like three months, almost less than three months till I am supposed to go to France. And I have barely gone seven hours from my house in the last two years <laughs> <laughs> hashtag so. covid yeah so i am not mentally prepared i also mm-hmm. am not verbally prepared because i've been slacking like a loser on <laughs> my french because i have performance anxiety and I just need to get over that because only chumps fail. And I'm not a chump. I'm a okay. This is All how right. I motivate myself. Awesome. Yeah. What about you? What What else? Well, I mean, I got that news. It's actually hilarious. I would love to, to describe what happened when I found out. Um, I... It was on a day in February when I was pretty sure I was going to get a lot of answers because it was a deadline day that a lot of different schools had indicated was, oh, you'll hear by this date. So for weeks leading up to that by date, I was obviously getting more and more anxious with each passing day because I wasn't hearing anything. And then um, I got like in the span of a couple of days, a slew of rejections. I got the wait list and then... I was sitting in the office in my house, you know, and both Goldie and I work from home. So he was in the other room and um, (laughs) I pulled my phone out and one at the top of my inbox was a rejection. And it wasn't a school that I was super interested in. So I was like, okay, whatever. But this was the day that I was supposed to hear back from Iowa State in particular. Still nothing. It's about 5.30 at this point. So I'm like, I'm not going to hear anything today. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. And I refreshed my email and it popped up right then. But it had me log into the portal to actually see what they sent me. So all it said was, Dear Catherine Aronson, you have a new message. Go check your Iowa State portal. And just the soul left my body. Because it was that school that I really wanted. Out of the others, out of the wait list, like I really wanted that school. And so I just stood up 
quietly walked to where Goldie was in the living room of our house. And I was like, I uh, got some rejections today. This is the last school I need to hear back from. It's arguably the most important. I don't know what they're going to tell me, but I've got the message. And he goes, do you want to open it now? And I was like, yeah, I need to get this over with. And he goes, do you want me to open it? Because I was staring at my phone as if it was, I don't know, a bomb. And I was like, no, 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 I need to open it. He's like, okay. You should do that. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I'm here. Do it. So I click the link and I log in. I am shaking, just shaking. And... I read the first couple of lines that say that, oh my God, I've been waiting for these words my entire life. Congratulations. We're pleased to offer you a seat. You know, um, you're admitted to the class of 2025. All these things. Wait, is it 2025? It's one of those. Yeah, we'll, fi- we'll figure it out. Um, yeah. Takes as long as it takes, okay? I think it's actually 2026. <laughs> anyways. Oh, whatever. Anyways. Anyways. So... I immediately start sobbing, sobbing. Aww. And Goldie's like, it's okay. It's okay that you didn't get in. It's fine. We'll figure it out. It'll be okay. Because I'm sobbing. Yeah. I'm not happy. I'm sobbing. And I go, no, no, no. <laughs> I got in. And he's like, what? <laughs> and he grabs my phone and he reads it and he is very typical of his nickname, Goldie, like a freaking golden retriever. Starts just jumping around the room, cheering. He's hugging me. And you know what I'm doing? Sobbing. Fall on the ground. I'm crying so hard. And I'm crying and I'm crying and I'm crying. And he's just celebrating like a normal person. And I can't stop freaking bawling my eyes out. I don't even think it looked like happy tears. It looked like... <laughs> Utter despair. Like you're having a breakdown. Yeah, and then he picks me up and I'm standing and I start hyperventilating. And then I almost pass out because I'm just filled with so much adrenaline and excitement and I'm still sobbing, right? And then I fall and I cut my foot. I have a scar on my foot because I actually like really cut my foot. <laughs> I'll never forget the day I got into vet school. I have a scar on my foot now. Um... And he is literally like, are you okay? After a while. And I honestly, I have truly, first of all, I think that was one of the best days of my life, period. Second of all, it was one of the best, most relieving feelings I've ever had. I have been waiting for this for basically my entire life, working towards this for my entire life. And I mean, I know vet school is going to be really hard. But this is the hump I had to get over to achieve my dreams. And I've been rejected so much. I've talked about it. I've been rejected so much. And I finally got it. And I got in at a top school, at a top program, at one of the top schools I wanted to get into. And I think the eight years, to say the least, of prep work that has gone into this was released in that moment. And I honestly think that's just why I started crying so hard. Because I finally got that weight off of my shoulders. And then, of course, we called everyone. I will notably say that we didn't get a reaction video of me, which is probably good because it would not be a funny video. (laughs) I'm just sobbing on the floor with a bleeding foot. Um, But we did get on camera my mom's reaction. And it's 
one of the, because I, I called her over uh, Zoom, and it's one of the cutest things you've ever seen in the world. But it's funny because when she first finds out, she lifts her arms and war cries the F word. Literally. So I can't post that anywhere either because it's basically my mom just screaming cuss words and then jumping around the room because she's so happy. That's awesome. You should definitely post that. That's awesome. So ever since then, I mean, I'm still loving my job. I'm still on a cloud. I'm just enjoying life right now. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Big things coming soon. Big things. I've talked enough. What are you listening to? Oliver Tree. Do you know Oliver Tree? It's funny you say that because not four hours ago, Goldie asked me if I knew that person. And I said no. You should listen to him. He's real good. Uh, Apparently so. Cowboys Don't Cry makes me cry. Hmm. Um, not it's funny that there's a a lap over between you and Goldie. Would never peg that. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I do like a lot of music, so. But yeah, you should definitely uh, give it a listen. Um, Especially the most, I think it's the most recent single. Um, It's Cowboys Don't Cry. Super good. Um, Not to bring the mood down, but it's essentially Badger and Mai's relationship. So. Hmm. Alright, everyone. Go listen and analyze. Don't psychoanalyze me. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good song. Psychoanalyze Jesse. It's it's a really good, really good song. Um, But, I mean, like, his his other stuff is good. Um, So definitely give it a listen. But what about you? What have you been listening to? So um, now that COVID has gone down a a considerable amount, truly, it's considerable, across the country and things are looking good, I think that live music is starting to make more of a comeback, which of course makes me blissfully happy because going to concerts is definitely a personality trait of mine, as annoying as that may be. But I just bought tickets at my favorite concert venue in the world, aka Kane's Ballroom, and got what my favorite thing about Kane's is, some cheap $30 tickets to actually a really good band that could definitely charge more if they weren't going to Kane's. So I'm excited to go to a show. It's the band Camino. It's one of my girlfriend's favorite bands ever, so we're going to go together, and I'm really excited about that. Um, Won't be till June, though, so I've got a few months until I actually see them, but of course, listening in preparation of that. And then also, I am gearing up in a couple of weeks to go see Bleachers, but not just Bleachers Anywhere, which, if you don't remember, Bleachers is my favorite band other than Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. So Bleachers are doing, they are doing a tour, but they're doing a special two-night stop in Boston at the end of March, and what they're doing is they're playing their first two albums. So like night one is one album and night two is the other album. And they're playing that album, which has been released years ago. And so they'll still play greatest hits from those albums, but obviously not the full thing because you don't do that years after they release. But they're playing each of those albums from start to finish. And the night that I'm going in particular is one of my favorite albums of all time, period. 
like any artist. And the beautiful part is it tells a story throughout the album. And you have to listen in order. Those. Which is my favorite type of album when they tell a story, depending on the order you listen to. And they're that's all they're doing for that concert is literally playing that album from start to finish. Like the interludes, the preludes. I am so incredibly excited because every I know every word to every song on that entire album. And my favorite two Bleacher songs are on that album anyways. So it's going to be a very exciting experience. And I have a really good friend from high school that I've kept in touch with. She lives in Boston now. So I'm also excited because I get to stay with her and she's going to come with me to it. But I am for sure listening to a lot of Bleachers. And specifically, if you guys want to go listen to what album I'm talking about that I'm going to go see, it's called the Gone Now album. I'd highly recommend giving it a a listen from start to finish. Yeah, that sounds like a really tasteful concert. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to be crying. Specifically, one of my favorite songs by them is, um, so it's one of their most popular songs, period. And it's the upbeat one is Don't Take the Money. Fantastic song. It's beautiful. Listen to it. And it is very upbeat and an overall pleasant message. The song that I'm going to be crying is Everybody Lost Somebody. First of all, amazing saxophone throughout the whole song. And it just gives me goosebumps. But there's also a voicemail recording on there that really makes me tear up. Slash also, it's a song that's truly the title, Everybody Lost Somebody. And it's about trying to find your way back home after a loss and feeling alone. And it really just hits close home to me for the types of losses that I've endured. But it's a beautiful song. So those two I would recommend for sure. Yeah, since you like, I know I've mentioned this before, but like since you said that you like albums that tell stories, you should listen to The Antlers. They have a album that I don't know... I think that they just made it up. Like, I think it's their story mm-hmm. that they made up this, like, fictional mythology for this album. Uh, but it's, like, so creative, so good, so dramatic. It's very, like, theatrical. Um, it it kind of cool. reminds me of uh, Queen in that way. Like, not quite to the opera level that right, right. <laughs> he went. But that same intensity and theatrics. Uh, but let me find the exact album called The Hazards of Love. And it okay. is wild. And everyone has to listen to it. Well, introduction of our topic. Housing is hard. It just is. Jesse, you want to provide us with some statistics before we jump into our own personal experience with the housing hell? Booyah, I gotcha. Okay, Washington Post gave me some insight. 2021 was rough, needless to say. Uh, It was great for selling a home, (laughs) if you owned one. Uh, But not... Went up sharply, and uh, the the amount for for sale was was low. There weren't a lot of homes out there, and we're still seeing that in a lot of places. Um, Kansas City, for one, uh, as well as um, you know, Indy, where I live, 
also having that problem, Mm -hmm. as well as many other places. I'm sure California is feeling that, considering (laughs) a lot of their land has burned. So, you know. sad. Things things like that can affect housing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Lawrence Yoon, the chief economist at the National Association of Realtors, also had some info. Um, in regards to, to this year, there's an expectation for more inventory uh, to come in. So people are going to start selling their homes again, which take this all with a grain of salt because this is all pre-Russian invasion, <laughs> which affects everything, uh, especially since the federal government is enacting bans state governments are enacting bans and then also private businesses are enacting bans um you will be interested to know this uh i just saw from the new york times i i think it was the new york times that uh starbucks mcdonald's and another oh, company I saw that banded uh sales in russia so well they they didn't ban sales they closed all of their storefronts in russia oh. Well, they also which is insane. They also ban sales. So oh, okay, that's insane to me that they just closed down all shops in the country. I mean, I'm into it. That's the kind of radical. Don't get me wrong, I'm into it too. But it's crazy, and even Switzerland getting involved. Yeah, breaking neutrality for the first time in 500 years. I was gonna say, yeah, you know, you fucked up (laughs) when when Switzerland gets involved. Yeah. Or makes the stance. Yeah. So definitely um, is going to affect the housing market and and is for some people. So uh, right this second isn't a great time to buy. Uh, And I would even dare say not a great time to sell either um um because of of that uh i'll i'll get into that in a second i I don't want to miss anything here so the inventory is supposed to go up eventually we'll just say eventually we'll just add eventually to all of these stats because uh as things cause changes in the national economy they eventually return back to the way that they were Mm -hmm. for the most part so we can expect this change regardless um the home prices inevitably will rise either way like you know especially with the russian thing when people do sell their home it's gonna bring prices up and then with uh just you know inflation that's always going to bring prices up as well um but it is expected to be a slower pace than we saw in 2021 Hmm. Now, that's from Washington Post. Uh, now we have Badger's tips because um, Badger has been going through this process. He said it's a bad time to buy. It's a good time if you have specific non-negotiable needs. Hmm. Uh, like if you're relocating or things like that. Like things that can't be worked around. If you have to buy... What are non-negotiable need examples? I don't know what you mean by like, that. Like if you're relocating for a job. Or something like that. Like where you have to move, essentially. Mm -hmm. If you have to move, it's better to buy than to rent, essentially. If you have the means to do so. Which arguably isn't that much. Like you don't need a lot to buy a home. 
if that makes sense. But it is a humongous commitment, regardless of if you want to stay there for a long time or if you decide to to sell. Uh, It's always safe if you're you're buying to live there long-term. It's not if you're planning on living there for less than five years. So, like, you're you're not going to get the returns if you're staying there short-term. If you're a large-scale developer or if you're super wealthy, of course, that's a, just a different discussion. And we don't talk to those people. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, now, so, so that's Badger's tip. My assessment is obviously right the second, don't touch anything. Basically, just don't mm-hmm. move for a little bit. <laughs> um you know, inflation has already so so mm-hmm. since the pandemic, inflation has increased at a rate that is uncomfortable. Uh, now that Russia has invaded Ukraine and we've implemented sanctions and bans, that is increasing infla- inflation faster. And then oil prices are affecting the national economy because they are a huge part of the global economy. Um, mm-hmm. I want to specify that we don't. We don't require that much Russian oil. Like, that's not why it's a problem. We, it's not like we don't have oil because Russia, we banned Russia from, from selling to us. It's because private investors in oil things <laughs> are getting nervous and buying them all. So that's rising price, raising prices. And then we also just have the long-term costs of finding other nations to negotiate with, if that makes sense. So basically, mm-hmm. like every new connection you make takes at least seven months. Um, this is from an interview I heard from a, an economist who's, who specializes in oil sale uh global oil sales on npr uh it was really interesting he basically said that to refine the oil takes about seven months and then to bring it to market takes about seven years and so that really like brought things into perspective for me because i didn't i still don't really understand the the ins and outs of that but um i do understand just basic you know national economy stuff and when oil prices are up gas prices are up and that brings other things up like it's all connected so Mm -hmm. i would just save on things don't spend a lot of money on big purchases right now (laughs) uh yeah and you know if you want to buy a house uh down payment certainly helps on your interest rates so and jesse my follow-up to this is how are you an expert on this? Because you're giving us recommendations and I know where you get the the content from, but explain to the rest of the class why you're making this assessment and why you feel it's an educated assessment. Right. Okay. So big announcement. Badger is buying a house Woo! and uh, he's hoping to have it closed by the 16th, which is like Wow. Next week. Soon. Yeah. Super soon. Uh, he's been working on it for about a month. He's been like, every time they send him paperwork, he like signs and sends it back. <laughs> um, and, but prior to him buying the house, 
uh, he, he wasn't planning on buying a house this year. And I was like, you got to buy a house this year. Mm-hmm. So I was doing all this research to basically push my point. I'm like, I don't know. Like, it really looks like a good investment. So basically, over the last six months, I've just looked at, like, homes for sales, uh, like, different um, neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of watched homes go out for sale, how much they sell for um, uh tutorials on home buying and stuff like that um as well as just you know I I took economics classes and in college so I have a general understanding about the movement of money in general Mm -hmm. and economics so that certainly helped me understand the bigger picture when I was seeing like these small pieces moving um and then of course I read articles on uh the the housing market but basically over just looking at how much the homes were for sale and out of everything i learned i figured out that basically you no matter what he couldn't lose so either he buys a house that's hideous and a total dump and it's completely unlivable and then immediately sells it he's still gonna sell it for and and get it sold for more than he bought it for within six Mm. months like like the the price of housing is still going up so steadily that it just and developers are gentrifying a huge proportion Mm -hmm. of of indie right now um in the southern half which is originally what we were looking at that it it doesn't matter if that makes sense. Like they want the property more mm-hmm. than we want it, if that makes sense. Um, and they want it in like those prime locations, which which brings prices up. But once you, if you have the money to buy it, then you'll get the returns when you sell it, hmm. no matter what. Um, so so that's like what I kind of figured out in a nutshell. Um, and also just with the amount that you spend on rent, uh, that was like a huge factor. Obviously like buying a house, if if rent was super cheap and like everything was super cheap, buying a house wouldn't be a better investment. But mm-hmm. since, but since, you know, rent is like a thousand dollars a month, you could be putting that into a mortgage and then selling it for more than you bought it for and more than you put into the mortgage two years from now. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah. So I, I don't want to like be boring about it, but but basically if you have money to buy a house, obviously before this Russian awfulness happened, uh, then good investment. Then it's a it's a good investment and, and you're gonna probably get your money back. As obviously Grain of salt, it, you're only as good as getting returns as you are as investing. If you're not a good money person and you're bad at investing, chances are you need someone to help you buy a house. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I learned a lot. Anyways, 
Uh, and I was ultimately right, because he did decide to buy a house a year earlier than he thought. Hmm. And what because... did you see on rentals? Oh, God. Rentals are awful. So, first of all, we are all rats in cages. <laughs> rentals are awful to begin with, and now they are awful and expensive. This is crazy. New York's rent went up 33% between January 2021 and January 2022. That is unfeasible. Like, how does how does one survive like i i really want to know how people live in new york without being like multi-millionaires it's crazy because new york was always the insanely expensive housing market for what you get to begin with like you have a hole in the wall studio apartment with half of a window and it would be a thousand dollars right so I I know what article you're referencing it is from the New York Times about the rise of the 33%. Um, but on that same article, in January 2020, so before the pandemic, the median rent citywide was 2,900, which is also freaking insane when you think about it compared to the rest of the country. But now, well, it first of all dropped 14% over that following year, and then it climbed 16%, and now it's at that literal all-time high. And they have people that are having to move out of their homes because they're getting rent increases of 800 to 1000 to more. It blows my mind. It absolutely I blows think it's my a, mind. I think it's a crime. Yeah, I I miss the rent control. (laughs) Well, it's just, it's just wrong. But also across the country, rents rose almost 18% in the last year alone. Well, well, and also just like the, the prices of rentals have come up to you know, to to match with New York almost. I mean, obviously before the 33% increase, that's a huge increase, but but yeah, like it's it's insane how much rent is in like awful places too, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like even middle of nowhere places in middle of Missouri, you know, charge you because they can. Like, mm-hmm. it really just comes down to, like, they can, you know? Yep. People need places and, to live. What are they going to yeah. do? Yeah, people need places to live. And some people don't have, like, a choice. Like, some people have mobility where they can, you know, commute from farther out, out of the city center. I mean, some people, like, work from home, so really they can live anywhere. But, like, the majority of people don't have transportation, let alone the option to work from home. So it's it's absolutely criminal and ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that there needs to be massive federal and statewide reform on mm-hmm. uh, like home 
equity, essentially. I, I don't know how to, how to phrase that, but the way that slumlords still exist, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we like Badger and I lived under a slumlord in uh in Missouri when we were in school. Um, the pink house that we lived in. <laughs> uh, I didn't know this, but Badger told me that the um, when he first moved in, there was like a foam, you know, like those like padded toilet seats. Mm-hmm. There's one of those in that house in a rental, and it Gross. had holes in it. And so he Badger asked, you know, the property manager to replace it, which is like. Bare minimum. Bare minimum. And he he refused. Jesus. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is a good transition into my experience with renting because everything you touched on, I experienced at this time last year. And I know that I talked about it on our podcast multiple times, how we were about two weeks out from having to move out of our apartments and, you know, leave our apartments on campus and we had no place to live. So in short, I'll just give you guys like a recap. Um, Goldie and I were graduating. We knew we wanted to live together. I was looking at at least a year, but likely only a year of a gap year before then moving again for a vet school program. So we knew we wanted to be in a house because of our two dogs and we were very sick of the apartment life. And Furthermore, we knew we needed to stay in Tulsa because of Goldie's job, and at that time, that was also when I had signed on for that recruiting job, which was also located in Tulsa and couldn't be remote. So we knew that Tulsa was the place to live, and obviously, for my commute's sake, didn't want it to be too far from Tulsa specifically. And so we had a pretty limited range of what we could do, and we knew that we had to rent because obviously we're going to be here for a year. Also, we didn't really have a lot saved up at that point because we were coming out of college. So rental was pretty much our only option. And it was hell, and it was so such an anxiety-inducing adventure, if you want to call it that, because we started looking for homes months in advance. And first of all, there was just nothing for a long time. And part of that, I think, was chalked up to the pandemic and no one was moving because times were uncertain. You're going to squat and stay put until things calm down a bit. And then as it got closer, some rentals started opening and we toured tens of tens of places to try and see what we wanted. And the, the problem we kept running into is Tulsa is one of those cities where like on one block, it's really nice. But if you go a few blocks over, if you're in a certain area in town, all of a sudden it is really, really sketchy. And when I say that, I, I don't say that lightly. And being in the neighborhood that's safe matters because there are a lot of burglaries. There are a lot of shootings. We have like a, a problem with crime in certain parts of Tulsa. So it is actually very important where you live and the community that you live in and that you're in an area that it's not, oh, new development for this one little street and really nice houses, but then two streets over, sketchy area. Like it needs to be in a well, big, safe area. You get what I'm saying? Um, So first of all, we would go to these areas of town that were not as safe And the prices would be affordable and either one, the house would be just shit or two, it would be a recently redone old home, you know, so a flipped home, really nice home within our price range, but a really bad place to live. 
Or we would go to the nice neighborhoods and it would be a shitty home, but high rent because of it was in a nice area. And so we could not find that common ground that was one within our budget and two in a good area. And it was infuriating. And we almost had to settle for a 30 minute commute, literally a new build out in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by just open land because that was the only thing that was affordable. Anything within a 30 minute radius of the Tulsa metropolis or whatever was 2000 or more. And I'm saying that is like a bare minimum. And that's absolutely ridiculous for some of the home qualities we saw. Like I would go to a house and I was like, this is disgusting or this is terrible. This is just crazy. I can't even get over it still to this day. And so we, yeah, got a few weeks out and we were getting really, really panicked because we had no place to live. And then luckily we did iron out getting a roommate, which really helped the budget issue because there were a couple of houses that we had identified that had enough space for a third person. But obviously that wasn't ideal either, you know? Um, And then we did actually have a good conversation and identify a really good roommate who was our roommate now. And it all has worked out, but it wasn't until we had that third person kind of sign on that could contribute that we were able to find some place that was the slightest bit affordable. And I still to this day stand by the fact that we are living in a gem. We got a freaking steal. And I say that because it was listed on Zillow for a very limited amount of time. And they put up pictures that honestly made the house seem not very nice. And there was only three pictures, but I knew it was in a really good area and I knew that it was within our budget, actually on the lower end. So I was like, we need to go take a tour and check it out. We got here, I made it from the front door to 10 steps to where the kitchen is. And the uh, lady that was living in the house and that owned the house was like, hey, I gotta, I'll be right back. I'll be right, I gotta go across the hall. Anyways, that was a weird way to say that. I'm going to cut that. The lady that was showing us the house said, I'll be right <laughs> I'll be right back. And so she walked away and I immediately turned to Goldie and was like, this is it. And he goes, calm down. I said, no, 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 no. This is it. They had redone the house from the pictures that they had uploaded to Zillow. So this is definitely a quote unquote flipped house. It got old bones, but everything in it is updated and... It's a freaking beautiful house and I could just go on forever. We not only have four bedrooms and three baths, but we also have two living rooms. Like all of the appliances are top notch because a family was living here before. So we are spoiled when it comes to the kitchen appliances. We have this sprawling back patio that's brick. And we have part of it that's an overhang underneath a roof and then part of it that's underneath the open sky. They left their string lights with us that we could just use and a fire pit and a chiminea that we could all just keep because they didn't want it anymore. And a fenced-in privacy fence backyard. So, and a two-car garage. Anyways, I could go on and on about how perfect this house is. And I think that, like, a really significant thing uh, that's notable in your scenario is you're renting from the homeowners. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not renting from developers or investors. No. And that is, that is notable. And I think that's why we got such a good rate because they straight up, I mean, I'm sure they, they could be charging us twice for this place. I'm serious. 
But I think because they're a young couple with a lot of kids and they simply needed to move into a bigger space, they sympathize with the fact that we were freshly graduated college kids. And they almost sold the house too. They were teetering. We convinced them to give it to us for the year that we needed it because they were teetering between renting or selling because the market was that good. And we basically convinced them to let us rent for them because we only needed it for the year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I think that that's like really the defining characteristic because I think there's just an empathy and a relatability that comes with people who are, you know, who are homeowners and then decide to rent out their previously lived home Mm -hmm. versus someone who bought the property, flipped it, or or some people don't even flip it. They just (laughs) buy it and then rent it Mm -hmm. out. And it's completely unlivable. Um, But, like, since they live there, they have a feeling of, like, expectation for the house itself. And then when you come into it, they they probably care how you live in it. And they Mm -hmm. also probably, therefore, care how how good the quality of the home is um, for you since... Like, in their eyes, it's still their home, you know? And I will say that's been... I've had the most positive experience with them as landlords, which I'm really grateful for because whenever we have something go out, whenever we have an issue with anything, I mean, what ended up happening is they moved out and they actually had a company move them out and then they went on vacation and then we moved in. And it was a clusterfuck, to say the least. And when we moved in there were so many glaring problems with the house that were supposed to be fixed before we moved in. And we were very honest and straightforward with them. Like this was not up to our expectations, what we had talked about. And they felt so bad because they hadn't seen the house. Like I said, they had ordered a company to do the move out and the company left so much of their stuff behind, which is why I'm saying that we moved in and it was like, there's stuff in every room just piled in the middle of the room still none of the holes in the wall were filled like there were paint chips it was a lived-in house and so um they were so apologetic and as soon as they got back in town they were coming over every night to do stuff for us like they would get off work come over and work on the house for three hours or whatever and they kept saying we really want this house to to be a nice place for you And not only that, but every time we've had even close to like, you know, a really cold drop in temperature or power outage or whatever, they're always checking in on us and seeing if we need anything and giving us advice for how to handle things like that when you live in a home versus an apartment. So they've been fantastic. In fact, that there is a couple of repairs that need to be made and the, they already got the guy that they contract out with to come over tomorrow. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying so hard not to grind my teeth because I've literally never had that experience ever. Um, I, it was once a million for sure. Yeah, I know I give off the impression of like, you know, just having all my shit together, which I do, but I also live on a budget and I'm willing to put up with a lot. And so I've lived (laughs) in shitty neighborhoods and absolute shitholes for my entire adult life. Um, and I honestly... The I remember place... moving you out of that one apartment. And I was so scared. Spending Leave me the alone. one night we did. 
Leave I felt alone. safe with you there. I really did. But well, that's because oh I'm packing. <laughs> yeah, I was worried about your safety and so thankful you were moving out of that place when I saw the, the, the place, the conditions, and your neighbors. Yeah, so um, this is the first house that I've lived in. Let's that just didn't... put it like this. I walked into Jessie's closet and screamed because there was a wolf spider in the closet. And she goes, yeah. that thing's been there for a few weeks. It's not moving, so it's fine. And I was like, I'm going to fucking die in here. <laughs> I'm going to die. They're going to eat me. And Jessie was like, hey, by the way, don't go to the car alone. And we're also not going to be making any trips once it's dark out because it's not really super safe to be outside of the apartment when it's dark out. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, but yeah, no, this is the first house I've lived in that didn't have domestic violence with an earshot. Um, cool. And, but every place I've lived has had gunshots with an earshot. Oh, with an ear yeah lord yeah so um can't quite get rid of that one you know <laughs> hmm. but but yeah basically I've, I've lived in absolute shitholes for my entire adult life um i think that there should be a law that like if you don't if the home that you rent out is does not meet certain qualifications you cannot charge rent above a certain amount i think that should be a requirement um and i think all rent should be income based i want to jump in here and continue on with like some personal anecdotes that are related to this because again i think it ties into everything you're talking about okay um so i mentioned my previous rental experience now i want to talk about your recommendation where you said personally you feel like it's not a good time to sell respectfully i disagree and i'm only saying that not based on any sort of statistics but based on my current experience that i'm experiencing (laughs) experience that i'm experiencing um and more so my mom so my mom owns a house that she has been paying for and towards for i think like 15 years now and then she lives in a separate house and so she rents out that first property and um now the renters are gearing up to move out in a few months so she's obviously getting to that question that all renters have is do i rent it out again or do i sell or what do i do with it And she has gotten a myriad of opinions from everyone that are frequent property owners to house flippers to real estate developers to real estate agents and just everyone in between because she wants all the professional opinions. And everyone, for the most part, has overwhelmingly said, you know, hold on to it for the investment purposes because apparently every 10 years it can, like, double. But right now is an unprecedented time that if you want to make a crap ton of money and you don't want to wait another 10 years, you will never see a higher sell point than it is right this moment because the bubble is probably going to burst here shortly. Um, But for example, you know what that house looks like. We painted it before the last renters moved in. My mom has a friend that is a... um, real estate agent and can do just like rough estimates of what someone can expect a home to go for and you know looks at the other homes in the area things like that an analysis three hundred thousand dollars that is exactly what i was thinking i was like she could sell that for 300 easy 
my mom, I think, got that house. And granted, she also purchased it a low, so it was a really good, really good bargain. I think it was either close to a hundred or just under three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, no, and she obviously gets, uh, she's for the area. It's such yes, a great area. It's an yeah. area thing. It's a house thing. I mean, it's a great, great bones type of house. And the current people that have been living in there for a couple of years repainted it. Very modern, and they've done a lot of things to keep it up. So. Anyways, that's something that she's potentially really looking at, which is insane. And the house that she's living in now, too. Oh, God. In that area. Oh, she could sell that house for a million dollars. Freaking insane. Yeah. Insane. So, anyways, I that's why I say respectfully disagree in that sense. The house that we're living in right now, they're going to make a couple of, you know, adjustments to it, like the flooring and a couple other things that do really need to be upgraded in the house. But they're probably going to sell this house for half a million. And I'm oh, not they surprised. Should. They I'm should, not yeah. the slightest bit surprised. Yeah, so definitely. It um, depends on where you're at and it depends on the surrounding properties and things. But at least from what we're seeing, it's crazy. And – what you were talking about with new developers just circling. So now yeah, like pros. it's crazy. So um, I don't know. Did you want to say something before I talk about how we might buy a house? Yeah, I just wanted to say that like I, I want to specify that I specifically excluded the people who had investment houses. I was only talking about people who were thinking of selling their their home that they live in <laughs> okay because just because it costs a lot to move physically mm-hmm. um and given the cost of labor right now that's only going to be increasing as well as inflation as well as true literal gas prices to move and home materials too and home materials. as we all know lumber is just crazy high which used to be some of the cheapest good before yeah, so that's the only reason why I said that was um, literally just because of the Russian thing. I think people who are currently thinking of selling their own lived-in home to buy another home somewhere else, if they don't have to, I think that they should sit on it for a minute. Mm-hmm. But obviously people who have investment well, homes right, because they're trying they're to shed. they're sitting there, if they're yeah. living in that, they're going to have to buy something that's even more expensive because the exactly. prices are so high. So it's like, why would you even bother? That That's what I meant. So so like for people with investment homes, though, that they're just trying to shed, <laughs> like go ahead. Like you're going to make money no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Almost yeah. an insane amount of money. Yeah. An insane amount. So you so, have news? Possibly I do. news? Possibly. It's a very big maybe right now, as in we only started exploring this option about a week ago. Um, But we obviously, now that we know we're moving to Iowa State, are looking into houses. And it's exactly the same, if not worse, as a year ago when we were trying to look for a rental property. It's a very similar situation because it's another college town. The houses are, a lot of them around the campus are built in the 1900s or earlier and they're in shit ass conditions because it just hosts college students year after year after year they're disgusting and also a really good chunk of the vet school population i just find this really really funny they live because apparently around that um around that city in iowa are a bunch of trailer parks but they're like upscale trailer parks you know and so a lot of vet students live in the trailers (laughs) 
that's like the thing to do if you're a vet student there because they're really nice trailers but they're still mobile homes nonetheless yeah um so that's one thing to it and then the other thing is like the apartments are really nice but there's not a lot of green space and that's obviously where we start to get a little nervous about the dogs who have really gotten accustomed to a house and being able to run in a backyard safely and that'd be a huge adjustment for them to have to get used to for four years and that's not really ideal So then, you know, we were looking at the houses and even houses in surrounding cities that are more suburban and just 20 minutes one way, which I would be fine with that kind of 20 minute commute one way. And again, we get back to the thing where pickings are scarce if it's within a reasonable, a reasonable budget, you guys. Like I'm saying $2,500 or less, it's way too far from campus or it's a shithole. And then the ones that, like, are what we would ideally be looking for are just thousands of dollars. And so we feel a little bit trapped into a corner because there isn't really a good option. And I think that more things will open up as we get closer to the quote-unquote end of the school year because there are going to be people that move out or graduate and leave the, the city or whatever. But that's when we started toying around with the idea of buying because, and this is my point that I was going to say, is the s- developers are circling. There are notably like five different neighborhoods surrounding that college town that when you zoom in on Zillow, it's literally all new builds for streets and streets and streets. And they're all showing up on Zillow next door to each other because these developers are building like 20 homes at once in multiple different places because the demand is so high and they're only all for sale which sucks but it's crazy to me that someone is literally looking at the housing market the way it is and building 20 homes at once at once that's where we're at yeah and so all of sorry go ahead no you're good i don't want to cut you off but i was just gonna say Um, I mean, like, based off of your situation, I think the only financially responsible thing to do, and this is only advice for you, this is not advice (laughs) to anyone else, Um, based off of what I know about your personal income, your shared income, your lifestyle, and your plans for the next four years, I think the only financially responsible thing to do is to buy a house. I know. Um, That's exactly the corner we feel like we're getting pulled into because also Goldie wants to own property. Yeah. And when we think about our options, it's like we don't have another great feasible option, period. Second of all, it is the type of market where we just looking at the price points of these new development homes, we could afford one of the new build homes. And the reason why that's tempting to me is I watched my mom not only live in a house, but also have a rental property of homes that were built in the 1900s. And seeing all the things that can go wrong with that is where a lot of the bulk of the cost of owning a home comes from. But if this is a new build house, and obviously I would get a very, and this is just a tip to all, you need a very critical inspector if you're going to buy a new build home because there are so many homes out there that are built to shit. Not built to code, crappy design, like you're going to get mold 
because they don't seal the bathtub correctly or the shower correctly. So you really need a critical inspector if you're going to buy a new build home. But we could, with the the estimated, it's crazy because if we were to buy a house, our estimated mortgage payment is less than if we were to rent. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I was going to say. It's cheaper to buy than it is to rent if, especially if you have a shared income. Um, but if you have any amount of savings, like really, mm-hmm. and, and if you're responsible with your money, you really can you can just buy a house like it's it sounds like a big deal um but i think that it's not you know um the more that i was looking into it it really it's it's a a toy essentially like in the american economy like home buying is like shopping for a car um it's it's not like how it was even 30 years ago. People are not right. buying houses to live in for the next 30 years. They're buying houses mm-hmm. to live max for the next 10 to years. Invest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um or just to live comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> like without a landlord that's shitty, you know, and yeah. throwing away their money. So and I, I would, think I finished my sorry, what? I was just going to say so I I would go for it. And I think I finished my thought a little prematurely. I was saying that the the anxiety of homeowning for me is the things that could break that then you're 100% responsible for. But if you do get a good a good quality new build home, you obviously eliminate that risk because everything is brand new. And so for us, I know that since it's a really big aspiration of Goldie's to like own property and then earn money from said properties, this is very, very enticing to him because obviously we would stay there for the full four years and then we plan to move to Chicago after that, but we plan to rent in Chicago because we'd only be there for a couple years. And by that point, you know, with the city of Iowa being as populated as it always will be because it's a college town, there's a strong chance that we can, you know, make that as a rental and have that as a good source of income for years and years to come. But beyond that, too, um, we've like, you know, learned a lot about this process recently. Resoundingly, the one thing that I can't get out of my head that supports buying over renting is if you're going to be there for any year more than basically one year, it's worth potentially buying. Because as Goldie put it, if we looking at the average prices of what rentals are in that area and the fact we'd be there for four years, by the end of it, we will have paid close to like $80,000, dollars in rent, which why the hell would you pay $85,000 with nothing to show at the end of that four years? But that's what he keeps going back to is he doesn't want to sink his money into some place that will give him literally no return for four years. And probably treat you like shit anyways. Well, right, doing, right. Yeah. yeah. Um... Man, so I what were you saying about new builds? Thank you for letting me interrupt with my thought. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I just I do think that that's interesting that you lean for the new builds um, because I think old build old old homes like you know what's wrong with it when you walk in, as opposed to like new builds because they haven't been lived in, so you mm-hmm. don't you don't know what's wrong with it. Um, as well as like people, you also have to be super skeptical of flipped homes because I don't know what they're doing. Yes. Like in Iowa, but here they are using 
like Legos to yes. flip homes. It is That's what I'm talking about, people. This is why new builds or flipped homes need an incredibly critical like you need to shell out money for the right kind of inspector in these scenarios. Yeah, like um, when Badger uh, was getting an, an inspector, he was like, yeah, I want like a persnickety, like grouchy inspector because his mm-hmm. his dad was a home inspector. Um, oh, interesting. So he, he knew what he was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that, you know, there's a lot to be said for uh, what you are capable of handling so for instance i prefer older homes because i know how to fix things or i know how to or i have people that can fix things or you know i'm pretty handy and you know Um, that's similar to me too i've been tackling minor construction projects since i was a teenager exactly and you know like you understand like basic structural necessities like you you know you don't want to paint over mold. You want to yeah. clean it. You know. I, yeah, like, and I know the basics yeah. of running a home too. Because shout out to my mom. But like when she and my dad split up, she used to say I went from my father's house to my husband's house, and she never really learned any very much, you know, about the world or how it works. And then when my parents split up, and then all of a sudden she's on her own with very little, you know, education or career background and she has no money and she has a kid to support she was like oh shit i mean obviously and that woman that's why she's my hero she got herself from the from the ground up truly and is thriving now but um everything that she did whether it was buying a car for the first time buying a property like managing a property everything that she has done she's made me be a part of the process so that I learn with her, which I think was a hell of a way to grow up. And especially the fact that she's trusted me with so many minor construction projects on her house so I can learn how to do those things. I appreciate. She even would give me budgets for them, you know, like she'd be like, yeah, you can do this project if you keep it within this amount of money. So I've learned a lot about what it takes to run a home, to own a home. And I feel like that's where I can contribute to things. But that's also where I understand the pitfalls and why I feel like I'm more comfortable taking a risk with a very well-inspected new build versus an older home that is going to need a lot of replacements in those coming next 10 years, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because my mom's... I don't know. The home that she moved into, like our second one, um, that is our family home and really sentimental to me and everything, a lot of it was relatively recently updated and replaced and you know things like that and within the span of a few years I literally watched our AC system go out our roof need replacing flooding in the basement um needing like a French drain and a sump pump uh the deck started falling apart um and then we had the dishwasher break and then flood, so then damage to the surrounding cabinetry and floor. The stove top went out, one of the ovens, then our dual ovens went out. Uh, disposal had to be replaced. And yeah, just like countless other things I watched happen in the span of a few years that was like, what the hell? What is going on? And we weren't necessarily contributing to it, but it's normal wear and tear 
but then it all happened at once. And as my mom is a single parent with a fixed income, she was like, well, I'm going to have to prioritize all of this as to what's most important because yeah. you just can't fucking the afford to do all of it. roof or the flooded basement. And that is literally mm. why we waited two and a half years to get a new dishwasher, which don't uh, – every time, bro, I go home and I see that dishwasher, I'm ecstatic. Yeah. Ecstatic. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Look at it's you. Like you look other, better every time I come the home. The other projects <laughs> took precedence obviously yeah and then we went without a dishwasher for almost three years and that's that's just the reality that i'm looking at and that's why when i think about our scenario i don't want to be in that scenario while i'm in school i just can't yeah no definitely i get that um and i mean personally like going through this research um not even for myself um but just like looking at everything like I don't want to buy a house. <laughs> um, I know it's it's a lot too. Well, it's not even that. Like I just like if if I have to, then sure. But I move a lot, and also I don't. You're too like, flighty for that, right? Yeah, now, I'm too flighty, and and even if I did stay put somewhere, like I don't like houses like i want to yeah. build something cool like if i was gonna yeah. buy i would build because a lot or of time- you would buy like a um tiny house or something on wheels exactly exactly but i would probably have it built because it costs the same um mm-hmm. as just buying it and i could get it like custom and i i mm-hmm. yeah i really i'm way too into architecture to not build my own home so mm-hmm. that's like my dream um i know i'm gonna have if we do end up buying and we do go with a new build it will be the most cookie cutter because it's a new build well yeah and of course. i just detest that but that's okay because that's the thing is it's not the forever home it is an investment and it is something that would bring us residual income and then potentially like a nice big lump sum whenever we sell eventually but well and i think it's like- a good way to get started well, and also, like, you have to think about the bigger picture. You can live in a shithole that you own, and it feels a hell of a lot better mm-hmm. than living in a shithole that you don't own. Because at least if you own the shithole, you can make your own improvements to it, and you also, like, know what you're getting into. Exactly. And there's some sort of return. And there's yes. also some sort of Because if you make it better, return. then you get more money in the long run. But if you make a rental home better, you just lost all that money. And then those assholes that own the place Profit make more it. when yeah. you leave. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I also, just because I'm a dork and I uh, love, and I'm flighty, um, I <laughs> looked up how much uh the house the housing market is in france (laughs) oh boy and they're uh, totally reasonable um the only place that's unreasonable is paris like you you live in a shoe for for three thousand dollars a month well yeah jesse do you want to tell us a little bit about badger's new house because you're so excited yes i'm so excited oh my gosh i like wiggle every day um <laughs> uh, so the he technically doesn't have it yet, but he is closing next week. 
Oh my god. So the house was built in 1902. It is a did you hear me? Yeah, 1902. 1902. That's impressive. Yeah. And it She's is, an old girl. Yes. And she is a white a, a white painted Cape Cod style a little like country house with like I a cute it. front porch and a little ba- deck in the back wow. and a two car garage and a paved driveway and you're like, gonna have to send pictures for sure and like landscaping because it's it's being sold by the homeowner he's lived there for about like 25 years so it's totally like in-house you know mm-hmm. um and he's like super reasonable uh everything was like super amicable they didn't have to like haggle cool. over anything and it is you like, know i like cape cods that's my mom's house (laughs) yeah it is so cute and um it is best part it is four minutes from the beach wow yeah so that is so cute i know so it's like right at the tail of lake michigan i think is that right wow yeah i don't know which lakes are where but that is super cool it's the one that points downward yeah still no in indiana anyways so it's girl i went to chicago and i didn't even know that was one of the great lakes it's the body of water you are you are a dork anyways um take a geography i could put all of the states (laughs) on a map bodies of water nope gotcha okay i could even give you the capitals of most of the countries in the world and where they're located you could be in a flood and you don't know who drowned you (laughs) pretty much but i know all the land around me (laughs) that's true okay well i'm not going to tell you the city that it's in because it's too small so i don't want anybody to find me (laughs) um but it's yeah so it's four minutes from the beach it's an hour from chicago so we can go there on the weekends oh my god you lucky son of a bitch yeah um if only you were gonna be there post law school which theoretically you might maybe we'll see but that sucks that we won't be in the same area because can you imagine what it would be like to be living an hour away from each other again yeah that'd i be cry pretty, yeah that'd be pretty cool um and so like that's the location and then the um the only downside is it is a commute to work how bad of a commute for him obviously for or me. for you oh because he is regional at his job Ooh. so he's within all the school districts in that area so he still travels to the districts but they're all within like an hour to two yeah. hours um and he doesn't have to go there every day my commute is two and a half hours (gasps) so i'm not going every day to work but i am gonna have to go at least one to two times a week for what holy shit and it's in so if this is not a test you just get another job oh my god no no no! i love this job i am insanely in love with this job and everyone who i work with it is the best job i've ever had I've been trying to get this job for the last two years. I am 
gripping this job with my bare hands, okay? Have you thought about, I don't even know if this is within your budget, have you thought about like going there and doing the two days a week consecutively and then just renting like a hotel room in between? So it is, um, so Badger's suggested I look to see if it's just cheaper to stay in town. It is still cheaper for me to commute. It, you know what's crazy? It It is still cheaper for me to commute daily Holy crap. than it is to rent. That's if that's not a insane. testament to the bullshit of the renting side of the housing market, I don't know. I don't know what would be. Okay? It is absolute. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that and sums these it up assholes, nicely in one little sentence. Yeah, and these assholes won't even replace our broken uh, hard water softener. Ugh. So we have hard water. Like, unfiltered hard... Or, well, oh, it's filtered, disgusting. but like, unsoftened hard, hard water. Yikes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, so are you guys probably going to move pretty shortly after he closes? Or what's that oh, process hell yeah. like? Gradually, but because so I potentially mean, starting in as soon as a week to move. Yeah, I mean we can essentially start in about a week. Whoa! Yeah, oh my and God, that's amazing. Yeah, and my parents are coming down not this weekend but next weekend to pick up their shit because my mom has become a hoarder and is picking up antiques that I've housed for the last several years that she thinks are too valuable to get rid of, and I think that one should shed. So, like you said, I'm flighty. I never thought of myself as flighty, but now I really think that that makes a lot of sense. I'm kind of having- Flighty juice slut. I'm a flighty juice slut. (laughs) You know, it really sounds like I'm saying something else. (laughs) Yeah. Don't think about it too much. But yeah, that's that's really it for, for this episode. I just wanted to rant about how rent's bullshit, how housing is only going up, and how uh, I am so excited to commute. Yeah, sounds like it. We'll check in with you in a month and see how happy you still are. <laughs> hey, I am Honestly, four I minutes like from between... the beach. I'm sure it'll yeah. feel just You'll fine. Be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. Yeah. Um... Well, thank you all for joining us on this lovely episode of Coffee Talk. We appreciate you all, and thank you for listening in to episode 27. Housing is hell, but we will all get through it together. And also, send us things. Okay, that's Yeah, let us know if you also feel like you are being scammed by your slumlord slash landlord slash dictator. Or if you are a fellow flighty juice slut like Jesse. Thank you for hanging out with Coffee Talk. Cover art is by our very own Jesse and Kat. Theme music is by Spencer Thutt. Background music is produced under Creative Commons. Coffee Talk is an independent podcast supported by two struggling 20-somethings. So we shamelessly beg our listeners to support the podcast by subscribing to our Patreon or donating through our website, coffeetalkpod.com. Talk to you soon. Bye.